welcome to a podcast about something where each week I'm joined by a fellow podcaster as we take a deep dive into whatever whatever it is we find interesting. I'm your host, Calvin, and this week I'm joined by Frank from the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast as we're going to talk about Disney World. How are you doing tonight, Frank? Doing great, Calvin. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to having this discussion. Well, yeah, thank you for joining me. Um, you are from... Florida. I am from Florida, and uh, we were trying to figure out something to talk about, and what is more Florida than Disney World? Absolutely. Can you, um, before we get into Disney World, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast, what you cover, um, how often... Uh, where they can follow you, anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah, I uh, hosted Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. So basically, started the podcast uh, June of this year. So it's a newer podcast. I'm 13 episodes in. I try to record weekly. I haven't been able to do that recently. It's been pretty hectic uh, on the personal front. But um, basically, what I do is I talk about the three things that I'm passionate about, which is sports, movies, and politics. So each specific show is dedicated to one of those topics. So uh, the last episode dealt with... Uh, with going out to vote with the midterms just passing by. And then, like I said, I do sports and um, movies as well. Those are the three things I'm pretty passionate about. And again, I record those weekly when I can. Um, I am on uh, Twitter at, at BendYourEarPod. That's also the Instagram handle. Um, the show can be found on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, uh, CastBox, Stitcher, and TuneIn is where you can get it. Awesome. Um, yeah, and if you're into politics, sports, or movies, or one of the three, which in this world, I don't know how you can't be into at least one of the three of those things, um, definitely check out the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Uh, he'll even go and do bad movies like uh, Failure <laughs> to Launch you recently did. Uh, you, yeah. you have a rom-com corner every once in a while, so that's that's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but today, we're talking about Disney World, and... Um, we're just going to kind of go – we'll give a little history of Disney World. Just I don't know. I always like to give history of topics when, when we do a new topic. And then uh, we'll talk about the, um, the different uh, – I guess they're theme parks within Disney World and, and maybe some, some of the resorts, stuff like that. Right. Um, you're from right down the road from Orlando, so you probably get there more than I do. But I've, I've gone three times in the last two years now with uh, having – small children so we're and we're annual pass holders now so i i don't think i can avoid avoid it anymore yeah definitely we uh, finally uh gave in my wife is a big disney fan and then we finally uh gave in and got annual passes because it was one of those situations you know where you live where there's a theme park or some kind of place where a lot of people go when you live in the city you don't really end up going that much because you always know it's there mm -hmm. but then we finally now we have a five-year-old so we definitely finally gave in and got the annual passes so what we do uh, actually now, which is great since we live in Orlando, is we'll we'll randomly, especially when the weather gets cooler, we'll go on a Friday or Saturday night, literally get there at 6 o'clock, go there for a few hours. Uh, so there's no, not a lot of people. The weather is great. You get in and out of all the rides. So we found that to be a, a recent thing to do instead of going for a whole day. Uh, we still do our vacations there, but we pop in and out when we feel like just going in for a couple of rides. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm, I'm about three hours away, so we're a little too far to pop in and out. Um, but we've done, we've done like a weekend trip. That's a, that's about as quick as we can, quick as turnaround. You just hit Magic Kingdom for a day and right. drive up and drive back pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always a fun time. We're going again in early December. So, um, this will be, both my girls have gone once. My four-year-old's gone twice. This will be her third time. And then my two-year-old has gone already, but the last time she kind of slept right. through most of the stuff. Um, 
so she'll be kind of ready to go. She she loves theme park rides and all that, so she it's going to be exciting to see her this time. We're going with uh, some of my wife's family, so we got kind of the extended family going. So it'll be a yeah, that's always be the best when, sure. when the kids uh, when my little one was getting older. Like his first trip, he kind of liked it, but then when you when you see when they start to remember stuff, it's that's always the most fun anyway because you can kind of see the park mm-hmm. through their eyes as opposed to as an adult, which is kind of that's always the fun part of that. Man, my four year old, she remembers every step like so after we got back the last time she started playing like pretend she calls it mickey's house and so she would play pretend every night we'd play mickey's house and and we'd get there we'd go to the hotel we'd sleep we'd wake up uh mickey would call us on the phone to wake us up then we'd go there we'd see the fairy godmother show and she would start it off with the fireworks and then we'd go on this ride and that ride and then we'd meet this princess and that princess then we'd go to lunch here and it like she would step through every step that we actually did the whole time and like she just she's just a sponge with her memories and she can remember everything better than my wife and i can and we're like she'll say like well we did this and we have no idea what she's talking about and then she eventually gives us enough details to go like oh yeah we did that two yeah, and a half years ago how in the world do you remember I mean, that yeah, like with my little one too like and this is i think what disney does so brilliantly as opposed to marketing i mean between the parks and the movies and the toys and the there it's constantly in the kids heads so i think they they tie everything together and remember things that you're like, wow, how did you remember that? You only saw, like in this case now, my son's now into Toy Story. He's really starting to get into it. He's finally seen all the movies and now he knows all the characters' names, what he wants for Christmas. And it's just like, and I mean, he's only seen the movies maybe once, maybe twice. So it's not like he's seen them dozens of times, but he's already ingrained them, all the characters. And then when we go to the park, you know, one of his favorite rides uh, at Magic Kingdom is, is, is Buzz Lightyear. So we do that one every time we go. Um, that's the one we must do. Yeah, that one's a pretty cool one. Um, yeah. My my two year old has just in the past week gotten very into Monsters Inc. out of nowhere. Like we watched it one time, kind of in the background, and ever since that's the only thing she wants to watch. And um, but but like you said, she knows every character from every other movie, even if we haven't watched that movie with her. Yeah. Um, my four year old's probably seen most of the princess movies, but she's kind of had control over the TV for most of the two year old's life because she knows what she wants to watch and it's always been the same thing like she went through a rapunzel phase and then a um, princess and the frog phase and now she's in a like daniel tiger phase so we don't even watch disney movies that much but yet my two-year-old somehow knows every princess from every movie all their you know all the little friends and whatever i I don't know how she knows them all but they're they're there so yeah disney is everywhere um but we're going to talk about disney world which opened up in october 1971 um it covers 25,000 acres in the orlando area not technically a part of orlando um it's actually basically its own it's two cities um lake buena i can't say that word lake buena vista and I, I don't remember what the other city that it encompasses, but those are they're completely owned by Disney and they were bought that way. So there would be no zoning laws against them. Basically, Disney holds all of the voting power in those two little communities. Um, so there's four theme parks, two water parks, 27 themed hotels, nine non Disney hotels, several golf courses, camping resort and a shopping center, which is Disney Springs, uh, which is a little out of the way, but still technically part of their property, I guess. Um it was developed, and this is all from Wikipedia. If anybody's gonna come after me for my sources, like I literally just copied the first paragraph of Wikipedia, so don't don't shoot me for it. Um, it was developed by Walt Disney in the '60s. Um, he wanted to present a distinct vision of 
this park and its attractions that was separate from Disneyland in California. Uh, however, he died before its completion. Um, so Magic Kingdom was completed in 1971. Epcot came in 82. Hollywood Studios, 1989. And then the Animal Kingdom in 1998. That is the only... The Animal Kingdom is the only one I remember opening and it being like a big deal. Because I lived in Northern Florida then. And it was like everybody was rushing to get to Disney World after Animal Kingdom opened. Because it was a little bit after Lion King. And um, so just everybody wanted to get there and, and see all those sites. I guess. Yeah, their timing is always particularly uh, uh, on point when it comes to cross-marketing, those things like that. I know uh, in the history of the park, I remember I read actually a short uh, a survey by Carl Heisen, the Miami author, um, who wrote about the purchasing of the land um, in and around Orange County when um, when Disney was looking to build the park here. So basically what the, he did was he built, he bought the land under anything other than the Disney name, so he get it dirt cheap. And uh, and was able mm-hmm. to do that. And I think the other municipality that developed is the Reedy Creek District Management District is what is called. Um, and if you, if you okay. drive through Orlando, or drive to the parks, you'll see yeah, it's basically a self-contained government. Uh, they have their own fire department. Um, they yeah. So basically, like you said, it's basically they own it and they run it. So basically, they're their own government within uh, the area of uh, Lake Buena Vista. So exactly, they were brilliant enough to make sure that they were in charge of everything regarding the land and the utilities and everything that goes along with running the park. Yeah, absolutely. And um, they've, they've done a great job of building it out, and they're still building more and more. They just added the Toy Story World in Hollywood Studios, and then next is going to be the Star Wars additions. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see it grow over the next couple of years. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's the most visited vacation resort in the world, if you couldn't have guessed that, and the average attendance is over 52 million people per year, which is a crazy number. Um, so you said you're, you're from the Orlando area. Do you ever stay, you, you do vacations there. So you stay in the resorts or right. yeah, you we stay do. at home and, and just go back and forth. Yeah. Great point. Um, on the we little weekend trips, we just, yeah, I live uh, about 30 minutes away from the park. So when we do our little nights, we just go up there real quick, a couple of hours, come back home. We're actually going to have uh, a stay at the resort, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, so a little bit before you're going, um, we're actually going to be there um, the day before Thanksgiving through that whole weekend. We've never done that before, so we're kind of looking forward to that. We've never actually spent a holiday at the resort, so this is going to be the first time we do that. So we're looking forward to that. But yeah, usually once a year, we'll take a vacation where we do uh, a week at the resort. Um, we usually stay at the um, oh, I forgot the name of the resort now, Wilderness Lodge, which is my wife's favorite resort. But we stay oh, at the yeah, two Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's her favorite. She loves that, so we try to stay there. We've stayed at the boardwalk, which is a lot of fun, too. But, yeah, we definitely do when we do our vacation. We stay at the resort. The the, the Fort Wilderness is really great because there's so much to do there. Like, they, they have bikes you can rent, and they have, like, all these um, – I, I think I remember I was probably, like, 12 or 13 when we stayed at Fort Wilderness, so I'm, I'm trying to remember back. But, like, you could rent jet skis or, or like, all these different kind of water sports because they're right on a lake um and that there's just a ton to do there um it's really like its own campsite but it's kind of self-contained so you're more safe i I don't really like camping but there i did you didn't really feel like you were camping we stayed in one of the actual lodges 
Um, so it was a lot of fun just to be able to kind of do all that other stuff and, and feel like you were camping without actually camping. And then you go to Disney World on top. No, of I'm it. totally with you. I, I don't do camping. I'm not a fan of camping. When we I stayed there, actually, it's funny you say that. I stayed there when I was about 15. So I've, I've, that's the last time I've actually been to Fort Wilderness. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. We stayed in one of the lodges there. So it's basically the kind of camping I like where you have a comfortable bed and indoor plumbing and still do all the outdoor fun stuff, too. So you get the best of both worlds. So, yeah, I definitely love that type of camping. Yeah, that, that's the way to go. Uh, my my favorite resort is the Polynesian, because um, that one has, I think, the best pool, out of the ones I've stayed at, has the best pool area. Um, they've got a really big pool uh, with a couple of slides, uh, kind of smaller slides going into it, and then they've got, that they developed since the first time I went there, I was probably eight to ten years old and then we went the first time we took my now four-year-old emily we stayed there again so this was two years ago i think um and they they've developed this big like kids playground inside the pool where they've got all these water guns and buckets that you can dump and it's just spraying water everywhere um and yeah it was the pool areas at that are the best so like to me if you're if you have a hotel day planned in your um in your vacation and you're in Florida, you want a good pool. Absolutely. No, agreed. Agreed. Um, we, it's funny because we, um, we're, we're members of the vacation club. So when we stay bringing up animal kingdom, we stay at the resorts there, which is, and one of my issues with animal kingdom is the vacation club resorts are way, cause you know, that, that resort is way out on the property. So it's far away from pretty much everything. Um, so when you stay there, it's when you go to your room for that section, it's tough. And we actually found that the regular pool because there's a member pool for the vacation club and then the pool that the rest of the guests stay at and use we found that pool actually to be fantastic so if you've never yeah. been yeah that animal kingdom really big really room eats even when there's a lot of people there it doesn't feel crowded which is my one of my always favorite things about a pool when you can have a lot of people there yet it still doesn't feel very crowded which is great so it's because there's plenty of room to swim or just or lay out if you want to lay out um so that's one of our favorite uh, pools there as well we'll have to check that one out in the future I think the next one, my wife, because um, when we go this time, because we're going with some so many people, um, we're staying in kind of. Uh, I think we're staying in the the Art of Disney. Is that what it's called? Yes, yes, no, and I, and those, yeah, those yeah. look cool because like they have the animator one. Yeah, like you said, I think those are. I've never been to those. I think that's yeah. the one it is the animator. Yeah, I think one. that's gonna be cool. Um, so we're staying there this time, and but I think the next one she wants to do is one of the boardwalk ones. Um, when we go just by you know our little family instead of having an extended family there. Um, so as we progress through this and, and we kind of go through each part, um, I wanted to kind of tell like interesting stories or strange stories that we found from each kind of section, each park, and uh, then maybe some from the resorts. The most interesting thing I found on the resorts actually revolves around my favorite resort, the Polynesian. Apparently, this is where the Beatles officially broke up. Um, 1974, John Lennon signed the contract to dissolve the Beatles while staying at the Polynesian Resort in Disney World. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting, and like, I would, I would feel like maybe Disney. I, now that I'm thinking about, it, maybe they don't want to play it up too much, but uh, like that'd be kind of a cool thing to t to brag about if you were Disney. Oh, I think so. I mean, that's an incredible. I never knew that. I mean, obviously, you knew. They broke up in 1969, 1970. Yeah, I never even realized that there was a Disney connection. That's a great, that's a good one. That's a very good one. Yeah. Uh, were you able to find any interesting, strange stories about the resorts? Or should we just move into the parks? No, I think the parks is where I found it. I tried to look for stuff for the resorts. And I, and if, I, there wasn't a lot out there. Yeah, you, I, think you found, I think you found the best one. I don't think anything would top that one. All right, so let's uh, move into the parks. Um, let's start with the Animal Kingdom. I think I've got them in alphabetical. Nope. 
I've just got them in some strange order, but we're going to start with Animal Kingdom because that's first on my notes. Um, so the Animal Kingdom, I, uh, I found an interesting story uh, about the Animal Kingdom that uh, part of the park, when it was originally built, was supposed to be called Beastly Kingdom. And uh, it was supposed to be basically a part of the park that featured uh, fantasy creatures like dragons and unicorns and stuff like that. Um, there's still some like logos and things around the park that you can see that kind of contain this imagery. And the part that was supposed to become Beastly Kingdom is now the Avatar Land. Um, let me see. They were uh, they were working on a dragon themed ride. And uh, once they decided they weren't going to go with that, the um, the designers who were working on that dragon-themed ride were actually hired by Universal Studios to do the, the dragon-themed rides at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, which I thought was interesting. Um, so, yeah, they had two roller coasters planned in the beginning, the Dragon Tower and the Quest for the Unicorn. Or, I guess that was a hedge maze was going to be the Quest for the Unicorn. Um, I thought that would kind of be cool to um, to bring it because they've got like the dinosaur land and then they've got the safari and all that kind of stuff. So I thought it would be cool to have like these fantasy creatures and they, they've done that a little with the Avatar land. I don't know. Avatar is not that exciting to me um, as a movie. It's very beautiful, but it's not that great of a movie. So um, I, I think I kind of would have rather had the, the fantasy animal world. No, I agree with that. It's funny with Avatar, too, because I, I agree with you. I think Avatar is a average movie to below average movie the thing is that when i actually went to um avatar land though i was actually impressed with how they built it um i was and i've taken dozens of pictures since i've been there the the suspended large rocks with plants on it that are like almost looks like they're freestanding up in the air i thought was pretty spectacular i was actually really impressed by that Um, yeah that's it's really cool and it's it's even better at night because you can't kind of see some of the the in-between things and then it's got all the lights and stuff too that that make it that much more immersive yeah i mean that was the first time in a long time and i love disney that that i was like visibly impressed by i was like wow that actually was was outstanding and obviously they took a lot of care into doing it now i haven't rode the main attraction ride the, the ride through Pandora, I haven't done that because uh, my little one doesn't want to do that, so we haven't waited in line to do that one, but I heard it's spectacular as well. Those those lines are very yeah. long right now. <laughs> so I'm thinking the attraction is better than the actual movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, We went on the boat ride um, because that uh, with my daughter, that's about all she's up for. Yeah. Um, and that one was pretty cool. It, it was just a, a pretty slow kind of river ride on a boat, um, kind of akin to a small world, but much like... Uh, much more beautiful, I guess, with the scenery and everything, and just um, light up plants and all that kind of stuff. We haven't gone on the um, the flying bird, the bird dragon things right. that they fly in the movie. I don't know what they call. It. We haven't gone on that one yet, but I think we have fast passes to do it when we go in December. Yeah, that's one we so have to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. But the line's always like 300, 300 minutes long, mm-hmm. so that's a. If you don't have a fast pass, there's there's no making it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not, absolutely not. Did you, uh, did you find anything interesting on Animal Kingdom? I, I did find um, – I know they started to plan the park. They announced it in 1995. I thought it was interesting. They opened it actually April 22nd of 98, which happened to be Earth Day. Uh, so they picked that particular day to open it. Um, apparently, Walt Disney was a, a big uh, believer in the environment. It was important to him, which is why they kind of pursued opening an, Animal Kingdom. Um, but obviously, I think um, – the thing that I run into is I think people have, and it hasn't been really that loud spoken, but you know, with the animals around, you always have the 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 
the people that are, you know, for uh, animals, um, not protesting is probably the wrong word, but maybe, you know, criticizing Disney for going into that realm of having animals captured, even though you have them in the safari element and, and kind of in a natural element as you can have them. Um, that's really the biggest thing that I found. Uh, but I know that Disney um, goes to great lengths to make sure that these animals are taken care of. And I know a lot of what they do is, is giving back to conservation. I guess it's always that same argument that you people would have like with SeaWorld and other parks where there's animals mm -hmm. between conservation and are, are you treating the animals the best way by keeping them in captivity. So I think there's always that push and pull uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, I did read um, through my research for this. They do, they do house quite a few um, endangered species there and are helping bring them back, I guess. Um, because it is, there is a lot of con conservation going on within the park, but right. at the same time, like you said, they're in captivity. So it's kind of this push and pull between, um, you know, what, what's right and what's wrong there, I guess. Right. Um, this, uh, I wanted to, while we go through each park, talk about our favorite attractions at each park. Uh, my favorite attraction, my favorite ride is the Everest ride, which, um, Super cool roller coaster, very fast. Um, you get to go up high and then you start going backwards, and that's always one of my favorite things on a roller coaster is when you get to go backwards. I, I don't know why. That's always just been my my go-to. If a roller coaster goes backwards, I'm there all day. And uh, the great thing about Everest is it has the single rider line, which is great for me and my wife. who are usually swapping fast passes. You don't necessarily have to get a fast pass if you know you're there with your kids and one parent's got to watch the kid and the other has to go. Um, on, wants to go on the ride, you just go on that single rider line and it's basically like you have a fast pass without wasting one, which is always nice. That's a great idea. I actually never thought of doing it that way. That's, uh, I always forget that that option is available. It's, and it's not available on every ride. You have to find right. the ones that it is, but it's, if, if one of them has that, that's a great way to kind of cut the line. Um, if you don't mind riding with strangers. Yeah, exactly. No, not at all. Especially with something like that, because I agree, that's probably the best ride there. I don't think I have a different one there. And like, I'm with you. There's not very many roller coasters um, that go backwards. So when you find one, it's 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 pretty rare. So I, I'm actually I'm trying to remember. I think the last time I went on one went backwards was in New Jersey, a great adventure. I think if I remember right. So that was a long time ago. You yeah. don't see those very often. I went on one in Glens Falls, New York, called the Boomerang. I don't remember what the the theme park was called, but that one was. Um, Basically, you went forward, you did a loop, and you got all the way to the top, and then you went backwards and went through the loop again, and, and you just ran through it back and forth twice. Um, so I guess that's probably where my love for the backwards roller coaster started. Yeah. Um, another great thing about the um, about the Animal Kingdom is it's a great park uh, for parents because it has the huge dinosaur-themed playground. Um, the first time we went there, we found the playground. We didn't really even know it was there. We knew there was a playground, but we didn't know it was as expansive as it is. Um, my daughter played for almost an hour, and like she didn't even climb up or go on any of the big slides or anything like that. And then we went the second time, and um, through a little bit more exploring, we found on the other side of the playground, there's this huge um, sandbox, I guess it is, where you can kind of like dig, like there's big dinosaur bones hidden in it and you can dig through it, but the sand is not real sand. It's um, like rubber chips, very, very fine rubber chips. So it doesn't get stuck to you or your kids while you're going through it. And that was another almost an hour. The second time we went just spent playing between the sandbox and the, the playground. Um, great if you're a parent and you need a break for an hour to just let your kids run. Yeah, no, that's a good point, too, and we've done that as well, and, and I think that's one of the great things about that park. That's more of a, I kind of put it akin to Epcot, it's more of a strolling, leisurely mm -hmm. walk through the park as opposed to the maddening, getting to every ride when you're at when you're at Magic Kingdom or even at Hollywood Studios to a certain extent. But yeah, definitely Animal Kingdom is a more leisurely, 
day um, if you schedule it out right. And like I said, you have those moments where you can take a, a, a either a sitting break while your kid's playing or play with your kids, and it's not super hyper or super right. crazy. A lot, of, a lot of kind of shaded areas there too, which is nice um, in the Florida heat. And then um, do you have any tips for visiting the uh, the animal kingdom? Well, it's it's a tip. Yeah, for that one, I think it's is get is get there early because I think a lot of the stuff you can do, like I said, less people at the park. Um, it's not super crazy. Um, if you go, I mean, obviously, if you go on the on the busy days, it's crazier. But I, I find when we go to that park, um, it's not super packed. And I think because I think people when they come, especially if they stay multiple days, they usually don't make Animal Kingdom their first stop. It's usually everybody goes to Magic Kingdom first, of course, understandably. And then I think. Um, it's either Epcot or Hollywood Studios. So Animal Kingdom is kind of um, the one they save. So I think if you are strategic about that, it's I've never been there where it's been super packed. Um, it doesn't ever so. feel packed. The only time I've yeah. ever felt packed is um, going into the Lion King show. Like that can get yes. packed because everybody's waiting for it. Yep. But like other than that, like even the um, the African Safari, which is one of the, the most attended rides, like that line doesn't ever feel like you're not moving or like you're claustrophobic in it, which that was going to be my point. And it goes right along with you saying, get there early. Yeah. Um, if you get on the, the safari first thing in the morning, that's your best chance to kind of see the animals actually doing things rather than just laying in the shade. Um, right. The first time we went, I think we went on safari at like two o'clock in the afternoon and none of the animals were up and moving around except like the alligators, um, which in Florida you can see alligators basically <laughs> yeah. Go, go around the corner and you can see all the alligators you want. Um, but then the next time we went earlier in the morning and you could kind of see they were up moving around at least. They weren't necessarily running around, but they were up moving around. Some were eating, doing things like that. So the best time to, to go on the safari is first thing in the morning. Yeah, and then that's a good point too. And the other one, and actually either first thing in the morning, and we've been a couple of times, my son always wants to see, you know, obviously since he saw the Lion King, he wants to see the lion up on the on the top of the mountain. And I know they're a little more nocturnal, so I know that our guy told us to try to come at night. So we actually did one in dusk right at sunset, and um, you were able to see the lion out. Because a lot of times oh, if you look cool. during the day, yeah, it was cool. So you see the lion, then you saw the um the lion and you saw the female lion as well um it's harder during the day because they're kind of away during the day but you're right if you go earlier you get to see a lot of the other animals uh but if you're looking for that specific animals um that's the time to go and then when we did it we were able to see it which was pretty cool awesome yeah i might have to tell my wife to change the fast pass now especially because we're going in december it's going to be cool anyway so the animals yeah. should be out most of the day that's true i might i might try and go for that because that would be really cool to see yeah. um so let's move on you got anything else on animal kingdom um, I was you brought up just real quick though the Lion King show we've yeah. seen it it's my son's favorite it's and it's really well done it's a great it's show it's a really good show it is really good I've seen it a bunch of times and I still love it it's it's really really good it's really great I recommend it for anyone I mean kids or no kids it's it's really really well done yeah the the dancing is great and the yeah. the song the the actors I guess that they get to play the the singing parts is they're, they're all just fantastic at yeah. singing those each individual part that they sing and then the dancers are amazing to watch yeah absolutely all right uh, so next is Hollywood Studios what did, were you able to find anything interesting happening at Hollywood Studios interesting I guess the the main thing is is, is and I guess I will follow another personal stories part of this but it, it was funny I remember going there when the park first opened. Mm-hmm. And Tower of Terror was their, you know, signature ride, which it still is to a certain extent. But um, I remember—I don't know if you went there back then. If if you do remember, 
when you first went on that ride, when the park first opened, I have never it only been had on the Tower of Terror. Oh, okay, okay. But it used to have just one drop, so it was it was kind of anticlimactic. So you wait in this long line. The 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 wait was kind of cool because there's when you first get into before you get on the ride. If you ever seen the Twilight Zone show, they play mm-hmm. the theme. They play the opening title sequence. Where I don't know if you remember it. It's 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 there's clocks flying, there's stuff flying, and then Rod Serling's narration, right. and then they set you up to get on the ride, which is I always love the visual effect that they do there. But when you when the park first opened, you would they would only drop you once, and then ride's over. <laughs> so you get in, you get dropped. So that's probably three seconds, four seconds tops. And yeah, I remember you, always hearing that, and that's I think that's why we never went. Is like okay, yeah. you you wait two hours for this ride, and then yes. it's done, and you drop once, and you're done. Right, so to Disney's credit, I don't know how long after, it may have been a six months to a year, they, they changed it to two and a half drops. So now when you go on, it's worth it because they drop you, two, it was two and a half and maybe two now, but it's more than one drop, which gotcha. is, which is you know, for some people, it may be more horrifying than just one, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's great now that they've done it that way. I don't mind the drops. See, my, uh, as a kid, nobody would ever go on it in my family. Right. And then now uh, when I go with my wife, she doesn't like that dropping feeling like she don't like roller coasters that have steep drops she doesn't like that stuff so i i still don't i've never been on that one and i yeah. probably won't I, it's not something that like i i feel like i'm missing right, um right. the the most interesting thing i could find is um that the indiana jones show which is one of the premier attractions there i remember seeing this when i was a kid um it debuted in 1989 uh so they've had several injuries to the Indiana Jones performers. Uh, one fell 30 feet after support cable failed. Uh, another fell 25 feet directly onto concrete. Um, and then a third actor plummeted 25 feet after a prop ladder collapsed underneath him. Uh, I guess OSHA got involved and tried to, uh, you know, basically clean it up, make it safer. And um, it's, it's still going and 20 years Later, I guess in two, around 2009, a performer actually died while performing in the show. Um, so that is not a very safe show for the performers. And I, I couldn't imagine being in that crowd watching one of those performers either get injured or die. Like, that would be crazy to witness that. Like, I don't know how you would go on with your fun day after that. Yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of a downer. Yeah, that's crazy. And I've seen that show uh, several times. And, yeah, they definitely – the stunts are – are dangerous. I mean, you, you can see that it's not, uh, they, they go full throttle on them and yeah, they're pretty dangerous. So I'm not surprised there's been injuries. I didn't know there was a death. I did. That's actually news to me. I knew there'd been injuries there, but, and I'm sure there's injuries that we don't know about oh, yeah. know, just from performing stunts <laughs> here. I mean, you're, I'm sure you're sore every day doing that job. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, the, the other interesting thing is, is that toy story world, uh, we talked a little bit about this in the open, just opened. Um, it, this is, I don't think they could have hit the nail on the head any better for an area of a theme park of just making everything giant. So you feel like a toy and um, just basically what goes into toy story is so much fun for adults and kids to, to go around. They have the one toy story ride there, which is a lot of fun. And then just expanding on that and making this whole world out of it, I think is going to be really exciting. And I'm excited to spend time there uh, this next time that we go. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't. Yeah, it's funny because we've been there a couple of times and we've, we've purposely waited until our vacation here in uh, Thanksgiving to go. I haven't gone yet. We've been to Disney a couple of times, but we've actually avoided it uh, because we want to get the full experience. I mean, I've seen yeah. some of the uh, promotional videos on it. And I agree. I think it was a brilliant strategy to make everything huge 
um, and make you small in that. I think that's the best way to to best portray those movies and those. And it's funny because I, I I was always surprised how they didn't hadn't done this sooner. I mean, Toy Story, the original Toy Story came out in 1995, yeah. and uh, I always I always thought I'm like why? And I know they kind of you know they've got the Toy Story um, ride that's one of my favorites too, which is similar to Buzz Lightyear, just with the carnival aspect and you're shooting plates as opposed to shooting the aliens. Um, and it's still a great ride as well. And, and I'm like, why don't they put, I never understood why they didn't put more Toy Story there. And now they've obviously, they've rectified that and I've, I've heard it's spectacular. So. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm really excited for it. And I, like you said, you've, you've gone a couple of times and stayed away just because like, yeah. you feel like you want to, to fully immerse yourself in it. You don't want to jump in for 20 minutes and like barely get on one ride and just then have to, go on to your next thing or go back home. Exactly. Um, exactly. So I, I definitely get that. Um, yeah, I was going to say, um, as far as personal story goes, I don't have a lot. Like, we, this is, for us, the past few times we've gone, it's usually a pretty boring day. Um, there's a lot of shows at Hollywood Studios, so we're mostly just going seeing shows. We've seen, like, the Beauty and the Beast show, the Frozen show, and then uh, my daughters really like the, uh, they do a Disney Junior show where a couple different uh, Disney Junior shows come out and do different parts of like this whole cohesive storyline with uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse gang. Um, so most of our day is spent trying to rush between those shows, making sure we get up, get to them on time. I haven't done any of the, uh, the roller coasters or anything there yet. Um, but this next time that we're going, I'm making sure I hit the rock and roller coaster uh, because our friends over at the Dishing Disney podcast said that that's one of the best rides in Hollywood studios. So I want to make sure I hit that. Agreed. It is a very good ride. I haven't been on it in a long time. Again, with my little one, I don't do the roller coasters, but yeah, it's 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 one of the best ones. I was surprised because I remember when they first built it, because it's been there quite a long time, and I remember being skeptical because I'm like, I, I used to be, I used to roller coasters all the time, and I'm like, I'm a snob about them. I'm like, oh, we'll see, Disney roller coaster. Oh, I'm not sure. And then I actually got on. I'm like, wow, that was actually really good. Like I was pleasantly surprised. It is a good one. Definitely a good roller coaster. Yeah, and I like um, – I'm a big Star Wars fan, so all the Star Wars stuff that they've got there, I'm waiting for it to build out more as they build the Star Wars world. But, like, everything that they've got there now is great. I can't really go on the um, – not the Star Tours, but the other Star Wars ride that they have. I, I can't do those, like, 3D sit, – sit in the chair and, and the – Basically, the scene moves around you. I can't do those. They give me uh, motion sickness too much. So I haven't been okay. on that ride. But um, all the other Star Wars stuff, I really enjoy. Just like walking through, they've got kind of like this museum set up. And um, you can do like build your own droid and lightsaber. And you can, you know, they do Imperial marches with all the stormtroopers and Darth Vader sometimes. And they do a really great um, Star Wars fireworks show. Or at least they did one of the times we were there. And like... I wasn't planning on watching that fireworks show, but as soon as it started, like I couldn't take my eyes off it. It was so great. Yeah, they've done a good job integrating Star Wars area. My little one loves. Yeah, he. We have actually the. We have a prime spot. We stay in the same spot when the march of the stormtroopers come. So yeah, we 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 can't go through the day without doing that at least once, sometimes twice, because uh, he loves it. So we have our spot that we stay right in the front on the street. And yeah, the fireworks show is great as well. Um, the other thing that's great there, Hollywood Studios, where we go when we go on our quick trips is, is fantastic. I don't know if you've seen that yet. We haven't that's seen your... it. My girls oh, um, are out on fireworks right now. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and the, the thing about that show is the the fireworks aspect of it is only at the end. It's like about a 25-minute show, and it basically is um, uh, a lot of images. So there's the water that comes up, and then images are projected onto the water, and then there's actors doing uh, acting some of the movies. Um, oh, so cool. there is a fireworks element to it, but it's not completely fireworks. It's only a part of the show. 
Uh, but it's one of our favorites. We go all we go every time we have a chance to go to that one. Uh, we fast pass that one and go because it's we great. Had a, the last time we went, we had a plan to go to it. Um, one of the shows we were at, uh, we had to go to like the the hour later showing instead of the hour earlier just because of the way our schedule worked out that day. And then uh, we had decided because we did the fireworks show at Magic Kingdom the night before and our girls were just totally out on it. They didn't care about it. I tried to go get food before the fireworks show started and could not make my way back to my family. Like nobody is moving for anybody once the fireworks start going off. Nobody's paying attention to anything. They've either got their phones up at the fireworks, not paying attention to them, or they're just like totally lost in it. And I couldn't even, I could make no progress through. So I ended up going back to uh, like the main street where I had my food and just sat there until the fireworks were done and my family could join me. So I missed like my girls enjoying the fireworks, but turns out they didn't enjoy them. So we made the executive decision to not do any more fireworks shows while we were there. And actually we're looking forward to it this time because uh, a lot of the things I've read said during fireworks shows is a great time to get on rides because everybody's stuck watching the fireworks shows. So uh, we're we're excited to do that. Um, Another thing that I picked up for this was uh, in my tips part was for the phantasmic show. Um, it, they said it's, it's an elusive happening, but you can catch what they call the character Palooza, which uh, basically between four and seven, all of the characters who are going to be in the Fantasmic show come into the park and do like a meet and greet with uh, basically anybody who's around. Uh, but the, the location is varies from day to day. You never know where they're going to come in. Um, it said for a while they were finding them by the gates of the Tower of Terror, but then late lately they've been, um, and I don't know when this article I was reading was written, so it might even not be that lately, um, was near the, the entrance to the park by the turnstile. So basically, um, just anybody who's going to be in the Fantasmic show, those characters are walking through the park all together at some point, and they'll stop and do a meet and greet. Um, you just have to find them and be there for it so that's kind of a cool thing because my daughters love meeting all the princesses and everybody else and getting the autographs and stuff so that, that would be a good way to knock them all out in one sitting that's a fantastic one yeah because it was i think this was a magic kingdom a, a few years back and we found this totally by accident it wasn't by any tip we were over um in um oh no i take it back it was epcot we were over in america and um eating at the american restaurant there and there's a a gate that's right by there and a long passway so literally we're sitting there and we're just seeing character after character coming in and out so we got like five or six pictures right off the bat because they were right there like i said totally found by accident i guess that's an access point where they come in and out uh so yeah i think that's how people find that stuff and then they share it. it's like hey if you stand here or go over here you'll be in an area where these characters are, are kind of on their own, and then they'll be happy to take a picture with you, and then you get a bunch yeah, of yeah, because they can't say no to kids. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, we found that, like I said, too. We just happen to be at the right place at the right time for that one. Be a bad day to see Snow White over there smoking her cigarette, saying, <laughs> ah, "I don't want a picture right now. Go away, kid." Yeah, exactly. Which would be, which would actually be the way I'd want to take a picture with Snow White. <laughs> but yeah, I think the kids wouldn't want it. <laughs> you got anything else on Hollywood Studios before we move on to Epcot? No, no, that was it. Yeah. Um, all right. So Epcot was originally supposed to actually be a futuristic neighborhood where people would work, live, and play. Basically, it was going to be a community. Um, Epcot is an acronym that stands for the Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. Um, it was to include a citywide monorail system, climate-controlled city center, and a community open to the new and emerging technologies of the future. Um there's, there's models of the original plans still around Epcot. Um, 
or actually in Tomorrowland. I think that is a really cool idea, but I think that all of that got stuck in the 80s when I go there now, it seems like. Yes, it's like, I this is what agree. the future was going to look like in the 80s, <laughs> and the future looks it's, – it's like going back and watching Back to the Future 2 almost. This is what we think the future is going to look like, but it's we're in the future now, and it's not like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree with that. That park is extremely dated as much as we enjoy going there. Uh, my son loves going still through Spaceship Earth. He loves the big ball. He loves the look of it. I think that's the symbol of it. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's very dated. And I think, unfortunately, I know Walt Disney was very passionate about getting this park built. Um, even before when he was still alive. So it was something that was in gestation for a very, very long time. And I think, you know, the, the people at Disney weren't, I mean, weren't really sure how to, how to roll it out. And it seems like, like you said, I think they, they, they had a snapshot of it and didn't really think it through going with something, anything that's going to be futuristic. I think they didn't really take into account that that's something that would have to be revived or yeah. uh, revisited. The frequently. future evolves. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, that's where I think they made the mistake there. I think the smart thing they did, though, was integrate the countries. The, the world's uh, right, world, the world tour or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's what – I think that's – probably what most people enjoy when they go to epcot um and obviously they've added the component of the food and wine festival which has been extremely successful which i think was another brilliant way to get people to that park uh i think the world's over really the world showcase so it really keeps that park showcase going it, yeah. yeah um yeah i've got some issues with the food and wine festival oh, oh what's that <laughs> um so my wife has been uh, we've been together eight years now for all eight years, she's been trying to have a good trip to the Food and Wine Festival. Um, we've tried three times, and um, we never go and just, like, walk around the circle in order and, like, see what's there. The problem is, like, we'll leave and um, – well, first of all, I'm not very adventurous when it comes to food. I don't care. Like, just give me some <laughs> chicken fingers. Give me some pizza. I'm good. Um, but, but so our problem has been is we'll go and we'll get there sometime between noon and 2 o'clock where we're starving already. Um, so then we can't just find whatever food we want to eat. We have to go so, – because she'll like read the maps and all the, the books beforehand. So she'll know like I want to try this thing, this thing, this thing. But then we have to find – like she wants to try something in France. But France is on the all the way on the other side of the circle. Oh. So we, we're trying to bounce around just to try and find something to eat so we're not starving. And then we have to go back and hit these other places. So it's always like this bouncing around and we never get to – like it, it's never just been an enjoyable jaunt around the circle to see kind of everything and uh, you know eat, try different foods. And like, like I said, the whole time I'm starving and they've got chicken tenders in the restaurant when you first walk in the park. I'm fine with that. Uh, but we can't do that. We've got to go find France to get the, you know, whatever they made. Um, but this past year, she got to go with a group of her friends. They got there at like 1030 and got to have the the perfect trip that they wanted. I wasn't there dragging her down saying, just give me a slice of pizza now. Um, she So she got to have that good time enjoying all the food and wine that she wanted. And I didn't have to walk around in a circle not eating any food. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Well, look, you've been, yeah, actually my anniversary just passed here with my wife. We've been married nine years and no, it's the same thing. I think you, you realize that that's a trip. Maybe she needs to take on her own and then both of you will be happy. <laughs> yeah. The second time we went was the first time we went to Disney world with my uh, now four year old and we got there at like two o'clock and just starving because the way our schedule lined up, we hadn't eaten yet because we had the, the, like the meal plan and everything. 
and my daughter's crying because she hasn't eaten yet. She's in between crying and sleeping, and like we're just trying to find one thing, and we can't find it because it's not on the map right, and it it just all hell broke loose for about 20 minutes, and uh, it, it wasn't a, a good time. So I'm glad she got to go with her friends, and if she knows now that if she ever wants to do food and wine again, she goes with her friends and not <laughs> me and the kids. Exactly. Because our kids couldn't care less about eating in uh, Japan or uh, Britain or anywhere else either. So. Yeah, no, and I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not an adventurous eater either, and I think I, I've gone with my wife. I've had a good time, but I, I, I think, like you said, I think what I did, um, I made sure that I had something to eat beforehand. Yeah. Um, because then I could, then I could actually pick and choose and then enjoy some of the stuff and then not be starving. So yeah, I, I definitely, if, if you're going to do that, you definitely want to have a meal going into there. Um, especially if you're not going to, like you said, if you're not that adventurous of an eater, um, that's probably the way to do it. Cause I'm not, like you said, yeah, you're, you're walking around going, okay, there's nothing here I want to eat and I'm getting more and more hungry. Right. And, and, um, like get get there at like 9 30 10 o'clock and and take your time going around the circle like just go around the circle don't try and figure out what you want just go around the circle find when when you you know read the menus as you go by and if you see something you like stop and eat it don't don't try and go oh i want i definitely want this thing let me go to the middle and find that and then we'll come back because that circles are a lot bigger than it looks oh yeah and it's packed and that's the one thing like i said yeah. to going back to what i said before that's not yeah that's not a, a game you want to play because pretty much every day of that, unless you're going in on a Wednesday afternoon, is pretty much packed. So yeah, yeah you definitely want to have a strategy of picking which hot, side you want to start. And yeah. It's not, yeah. yeah, once at right at about 11:15, it starts getting really, really packed, and like you can't move through the crowd. So if you get there before, you're pretty good at moving around. You can get probably halfway around that circle before the crowds start picking up. Yeah. So yeah, that's my uh, food and wine horror story. Another interesting <laughs> thing I read about Epcot was um, I just thought this was kind of funny or ironic. The the USA Pavilion in the World Showcase is actually five story tall, five stories tall, but they've used forced perspective and tall windows and doors to make it look like it's only three stories. And then the Canada Pavilion is only three stories tall, but has added rows of windows to make it appear five stories. I thought that was odd. Yeah, that is odd. Did they say why they did that? I, I think with the um, with the USA one, I think it's supposed to look like like kind of like a large colonial home. Okay. Um, I don't, I didn't really see anything on the Canadian one of why it's five stories instead of three. Maybe it's what Canadian Parliament looks like or something. I don't, I don't know that much about Canada. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, neither do I. I just know that they seem very nice and they're to the north of us. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been there a couple times. I've been to Montreal a couple times, but I uh, my Canada history is not good. <laughs> Um, so, uh, favorite attractions. I, I don't really, I've never gone to any of the attractions there. We never went when I was a kid. And, uh, every time we've gone there for food and wine, we get so caught up in food and wine that I don't get to do any of like the sciencey stuff or the, uh, uh, the spaceship earth, anything like that. I've never gotten to do any of that. Uh, we go on the Nemo ride and the frozen ride, um, with our kids. But other than that, I, like I haven't gotten to do any of the, what I would think is the fun stuff at Epcot. And then this time when we're going in December, we're skipping Epcot. So that's another chance I miss out on. Yeah, and Epcot, like I said, I think um, Epcot is, like I said, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a unique park. I think, um, I remember when I was younger, I mean, that's the park that I think when you're a teenager, you're like, oh, this is boring. And you just want to go to Magic Kingdom. And then I think as you get older, you appreciate a little bit more with the worlds. But yeah, I think with, with your kids, I think um, of the if you're going to skip a park, that's probably going to be the one you're going to skip. Oh yeah, definitely. the The only upside to Epcot right now is that's where you meet Anna and Elsa from Frozen, and right. 
my four-year-old's going to take that pretty hard when she finds out that we're not going there. But we're doing the um, – since we're going in December, they're having the um, – it's like the Christmas celebration or whatever. So we're going to the special, like, Christmas party with all the characters and everything. So hopefully they'll be there, and that'll soften the burn of not being able to see them in Epcot. Yeah, hopefully they will be there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and then the only – I didn't really find a tip for the park because there's not that much – I mean – Going during food and wine, going early, like we talked about, would be a good tip. This one was more of a prank that I found. Um, so if you go with your friends and you go by the African Outpost, which is actually a really cool section. Um, they've got kind of these uh, big bongo drums and stuff that the kids like to play. And um, like that that's always kind of what of the World Showcase. That's one of my more favorite parts. But apparently there's some crates off to the side that if you send one of your friends over to open them and they will probably get sprayed with uh, some water. So that's a good, to me, that's a good prank <laughs> to plan your friend. Like, hey, go see what's in those crates over there. Um, then they'll get sprayed with water and you can laugh at them for the rest of the day. I or, like that one. if it's a hot day in July, go over there and open the crate yourself. Exactly. Even better. No, I avoid the parks. We, 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 we don't go to the parks um, basically from probably April through October. We don't you can't know. do it. You can't don't. do it. Nope. Too crowded, we, too hot. The the first time we went, I think we went in September or October. It was like early October. Yeah, because it was during Halloween. Or um, like, because they do whatever holiday celebration they do for the whole month. So like they right. had all their, the, at some places they had all their Halloween costumes on and things like that. Um, so it was in October the first time. And then the next time we went was in March. Um, so March was still a little hot, but it was bearable right but yeah any any other time there's no way yeah and that's where we use and then we use this past summer like i said to do our it that was perfect for the quick little trips because even if it was warm we were coming in as it was getting darker still a little humid out and sometimes it rained but we were only there for a couple of hours so it wasn't that bad and again the everybody was leaving so the, it was very very limited people in the park even in the summertime so that's when we go as we do the quick trip uh, in the summer for a couple of hours that's it yeah, that's yeah. That would be the way to go in the summer. You get there yeah. six or seven when it starts to cool off, like you said. Yeah. All right, you got anything else on Epcot? Nope, that's it. All right, Epcot is uh, for some reason the most boring park. <laughs> now to the main event, the Magic Kingdom. Yes. Everybody's favorite. Absolutely. I'd hate to go through life having like Epcot be your favorite. I don't. I don't know how you'd be able to handle that. Um. So the Magic Kingdom. The, the most interesting fact, well, I don't know if it's the most interesting fact. I think it's interesting. Um, except for the big flag, like right in the middle of everything, all of the flags on Main Street are purposely misprinted. So they're not actually American flags. They have the wrong number of stars or the wrong number of stripes, something like that. Um, and they do this because they don't have to follow flag code with any of them, except ah, for the main one. Right. Um, so, you know, every time it has to be gone to half mass, you'd have to do like 50 flags and instead they just have to do the one or they have to pull them down every night and put them back up every morning. They only have to do the, the main one in the middle, um, follows flag code, but everything else is misprinted. So they don't have to do that. I thought that was like a really sneaky, cool way to do something like that. And the next time I go, I'm definitely going to pay attention and try and see if I can see some of the misprints. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm definitely going to check that out. I never even thought about that. And I'm wondering if they were smart enough to do that at the beginning or did they have real flags at first and go, oh, we can't do this. <laughs> it was like they started with 10 flags and they're like, all right, this isn't bad. And then as they got higher and higher, they're like, no, nah, we can't do this. We got to do something. I would, if it were me, I would put uh, Mickey's as the stars. Instead of stars, you have Mickey's there. 
nobody's really going to tell the difference. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done that. And maybe maybe they were maybe afraid they of backlash. Yeah, and maybe they do either. Yeah, maybe they do, and we're not seeing it. Or maybe they considered it, and maybe said, you know what? No, let's let's people not would that. notice it. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's people would that. notice it and say it's akin to burning the flag, even though it's right. not like. Um, did, uh, could you find anything? And I'm sure that you could find interesting things on the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, and it was funny. It was more of a personal story. I was speaking and getting ready for the show. I was talking to my to my stepdad. So he he grew up in Miami and went to actually went to the park in 1970, the first year it opened. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me a story. He he. I don't know if he still has it. I wish I would have because I would have taken a picture of it. He kept the ticket that he bought because the tickets um for the Magic Kingdom in 1970 were fifteen dollars. Oh man. Yeah, and the way the park. But the thing is, the way the park used to be. It was set up more like your current day carnival. So you would pay right. an admission fee and then you would get tickets and pay for those tickets to get on rides. So that's the way the park was set up when it initially opened. Um, so it wasn't you pay your fee and then ride all the rides. You'd have to pay, get tickets to get on specific rides. And I don't remember how many rides were open when the park first opened, but that's how they did it. But yeah, it was, he had, it was $15 to go to the Magic Kingdom in 1970 uh, when it opened. So I thought that was interesting as well. Um, I've got the other story, which I think we'll talk about maybe later. It's more of the strange story or more of the legend or lore about uh, yeah, go Walt ahead Disney with it. being. <laughs> well, I've le- I've heard the story since I was a little kid. I moved to New York from um, to Florida from New York in 1978 and started going to the park in the 80s. And this story has been around at least that long, probably longer. There's a rumor, or some people say it's not a rumor, that that Walt Disney's head is located underneath cinderella's castle now the the legend is frozen head correct frozen head so obviously you know you know the baseball player ted williams is a similar story with that with cryonics uh for a different show but basically you know for the future so they could bring him back and you know being the innovator that he is now i know that there is a network of tunnels underneath the park and that's true that yes. part is true. So obviously, I think that's built from that lore, and and I'm sure there's secret passageways in the park that nobody knows about. I have no doubt about that. I don't know if I believe that his frozen head is there, but I've heard this story for thir- for 40 years, and it's never gone away. Um, that's the that's the strangest one I've heard. I'm like, wow, okay. And it's uh, you almost hear it so many times where you start to go, oh, I wonder if it's you start to, you start to half believe it because you hear yeah. it so often. Uh, well, it's but more I fun to believe that one, I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a good story, and like you said, that's one of those urban legends that just is going to keep perpetuating until they thaw him out and he comes back. And then there's another, actually, another interesting story. I was actually at at, at uh, baseball, my son's little league, and uh, there's a gentleman there that, and you may know about this. There's actually a club, and I forgot what it's called, but it's um it's it's called after a number, and I forgot the number. Yeah, it's like the it's. 300 it's like 357 club or something yeah like something that. like yeah. that and i've never heard of this literally till and it's funny that's coins i literally not heard of this until a week ago um and he because he was talking about it because he has a friend of his who is a successful businessman in orlando that travels around the world that's a member that just became a member of this club oh and, that's cool yeah so i guess part of the perks is in every park and they just actually added it to I think Disney World. It's always it's always been a Disneyland. There's literally if you go down Main Street in Disneyland, there's a secret door with that number on it mm-hmm. that nobody can get in. It looks like it's a dummy door, but it's actually a door to an entire like club, you know, that the the members of this club can only get in and have access to. And then they literally have repeated that here recently at Disney World. 
Um, and so the club members can only go in, and I think the club members can bring a guest if they are a club member. So he was telling me this at the game that he's, he's hoping that he's going to get to go. Um, but it's literally the way they do it is they have an email that's set up. So it's basically club357 at Disney.com, whatever the email is. Mm-hmm. So you, 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 you send them an email and say, hey, I'd like to be a member, and then you hear nothing. You get it. You send an email. They don't even send you an acknowledgement that they received your email. And you could literally be waiting 10, 15, 20 years before they respond. They'll say, we have a spot open if you want to come in. <laughs> so literally 10 years after you've sent this email, you may get it. You might get an email back. You probably will never get an email back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, exactly. So it was it was fascinating. And it was like and it's just one of those things. It's an exclusive club that exists within Disney World. And I know there's other things that people do. I've seen other documentaries about Disney where there's certain other things that either VIPs have access to or only certain people do. Oh or, yeah, there's all kinds know, of crazy stuff. All kinds of stuff. But that was one of the one of the one of the craziest ones I heard. I literally just found that out a few days ago. Yeah, in in my research, that it kept coming up that um, and this wasn't the story I prepared, but I wanted to talk about it now that we were talking about crazy things. Um, like thousands of people bring their significant others uh ashes there to just sprinkle around the park and they find all these creative ways to hide them to get them in and like most of them want to do it in the haunted mansion um but like the people down in pirates of the caribbean it's a small world basically anywhere they can they can try and get them um and i just think like that that's insane first of all they're going to get confiscated from you because you're not smarter than the security at disney world i'm sorry um so then you're just going to lose your your loved one's ashes for however long Disney jail decides to keep it. And second of all, like why, why, why is that what you would want to do with that? Yeah, that's bizarre. I mean, I guess the only comparable thing is if you, you know, you know, I'm a Yankees fan. Not that I want this to happen. You know, a Yankees fan wanting his ashes in Yankee stadium or uh, a fan of whatever they are. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are, that are passionate about Disney. Uh, my wife being one of them, I, I'm a big fan myself. My wife's a huge fan, but I can see why people would want to do it. But that's really, I agree with you. That's not the smartest thing to do. No. Come up with a creative way, maybe to to honor your love of Disney in your own area, not taking it actually to the park. That's probably yeah. not the best plan. <laughs> and and yeah, it's just gonna get vacuumed up anyways. Like it's exactly. not gonna stay there. <laughs> exactly. They're pretty good at cleaning up around Disney World. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they probably yeah, yeah, exactly. The ceremony, then they vacuum you up. So uh, yeah, I don't think you'd want to go out like that. No. Um. So this was another thing that I read that I thought was uh, very strange, and apparently it happens more often than you would think. Uh, a site called the Disney Fanatic reports that a visitor once attempted to smuggle a large bag onto Space Mountain. Uh, when their visitor refused to open the bag after being stopped by the ride's cast member, security arrived. They found a six-month-old baby inside that the parent was trying to hide in the bag in order to go on Space Mountain. Wow. What the hell are you doing with your life? And <laughs> I, I, I read like three stories that were exactly like that. Uh, why do I, I know, I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter and, and being in Florida, you know, the infamous, uh, Florida man, Florida whoever that man, may be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that seems like I would see that on Florida man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I don't, and then, so I was showing my wife, my notes before, um, before we were recording just to see if she had anything to add because she loves Disney and, um, she puts way too much thought into all of our trips and it's great that she does because you need that when planning a oh Disney that's trip. my wife too no my wife is um, the planner and i'm glad <laughs> I, I mean i would be completely lost if i tried to go there without her um but so i'm showing her and she said um she read one that somebody recently basically 
tried to report a child as abandoned. And uh, like, so she found security and said, I, you know, that I found this child abandoned and um, turned out it was her kid. <laughs> so when she's telling me the story, I'm like, oh, so she was just going to report it as abandoned, go on whatever ride she wanted to go on and then like find the kid in the lost and found later when there's a different person looking after the kid. And she's like, no, like she was literally trying to abandon her child at Disney World. I was like, that's very strange. Oh. That sounds like a plot to a bad movie. Yes. <laughs> what would happen to the little kid that's abandoned? That's like a bad movie. Yeah, and he grows up on the streets of Disney World. <laughs> exactly. Scrou- sweeping, sweeping Main Street. <laughs> scrounging for mice with all the feral cats they supposedly let out at night. I oh, remember they can link it up like with Tarzan and or Oliver Twist and or they can just they'll, they'll find a way to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> he just hides in that tree on Tom Sawyer Island at, at closing time so nobody can find him. I think we That's got the script movie. worked out. We yeah, just got to pound this out. Got... I think we just got to write the screenplay. We got this. Yeah. All right. Coming to a theater in 2020. Exactly. Um, one of my favorite things about uh, Magic Kingdom is uh, my daughter getting to go there and seeing the magic of it, or my daughter's now. Um, but my older daughter, Emily, the first time we went, she had never seen Cinderella at this time, didn't know Cinderella, Fairy Godmother, or anything like that was. But my wife knew that they did the little um, opening show where everybody comes out and sings and, you know, they put on a little show. So we're like, oh, we'll get there early, make sure we see the show because we think she'd really like that. She likes all the characters and things like that. So we get there and they do the show. And the last part of the show is the fairy godmother comes out on the, the uppermost balcony of the castle and says, I need you to say the magic words with me and we'll open the parks. They say bippity boppity boo. And she waves her wand and fireworks go off. My daughter, like, fell in love with that completely. She'd never seen the fairy godmother before, didn't know who she was, but that's all she could talk about for the entire trip was that part with the fairy godmother was so cool. I I just want to meet her. And then, like, we got to meet her at, like, one of the meet and greets later, and, like, she just, like, was starstruck by this, by the fairy godmother. Um, If there's any kids listening, I don't really want to spoil their fun, so. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, just completely starstruck and like gave her the biggest hug and was like you're my favorite person in the whole world all like out of nowhere and just from three words on the top of the castle at the beginning of the day and now anytime we go to magic kingdom obviously we have to be there early enough for the show because that's her favorite part of the day no matter how many rides we go on no matter how many uh, other princesses we meet we got to see the fairy godmother show oh that's fantastic and that that's that's always a great that's always a great uh time when your kids discover something that they just love and and when there's magic me, in it for them. Yeah, yeah, there's magic in it, yeah. Because what we did, um, we actually did um, uh, a little adventure, like a scavenger hunt that we had them do, where he had to find things all around the park. Um, and it was Peter Pan-themed. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end of it, he got to meet Peter Pan. He was just blown away. He loved oh, Peter that's Pan. that's cool. Yeah, so he got to have a, basically, um, it's usually, it worked out really great because it's usually, they have it, you know, set up for, uh, several families to do it but the schedule that we went on and the time that we went we were the only ones so oh, he literally cool. got to he literally got to do it with the with the employee through the whole scavenger hunt by himself and then when peter pan appeared at the end he got to basically have a long time with peter pan talk to peter pan get his autograph photos so it was he was it just he was over the moon he, he just loved it he loved it yeah, it's, it's stuff like that great. that and it's great because you know i grew up going to disney world and then you know when you're when you're an adult you don't really go and before i got married i really didn't go at all um as an adult but then when i got married then we had our little one and then kind of going back to it where you can just like i said see it through their eyes it just makes it 
it, it makes the stuff that's not so fun when you're an adult to go to those parks just you just don't even think about it because you see your kids having so much fun that you don't even care about the stuff that may annoy you if you went on your own it's great it's a great way to, to kind of revisit those parks well yeah like when when we were kids um me and my brother i think the first time we went i was eight and he was probably 10 um we went like we didn't do any character meets we didn't we didn't care about character i was afraid of it like i wouldn't even talk to chuck e cheese at chuck e cheese like i did not want to meet any characters anywhere and um like my brother was just kind of over it by that time yeah. uh so we didn't do any character meet and greets we we got to go on kind of all the older rides so like there's there's so much stuff in just in magic kingdom that like i never experienced because we went yeah. kind of later in life and now with my daughters we get to do it through their eyes and it's it's so cool like the first time I went and my wife's talking about, oh, we got to meet this person, meet this person. I'm like, do we really need to like stop and meet princesses? Like, <laughs> is she really going to care? And like, it's her favorite part. Like she wants to yeah. meet all of them. She wants to meet all the Mickey and Donald and Minnie. And if there's a Minnie in this section and a Minnie in that section that are dressed differently, she's got to meet both of them. Like, absolutely. You can't miss one. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a pain to sit in those lines, but yeah. like, it's worth it once we get to the end and, and she just kind of gets starstruck and like talks to them and, you know, interacts with them and we get to catch it all on on tape and now with cell phones you you can catch a million pictures of it and not miss any of it yeah it's the best it really is the best i mean it's great and and i and i know how fortunate we are i mean i, I think the thing that i me and my wife actually talk about it a lot and we feel bad because i think always the the big issue is is the price it is to go to the parks and um you know, and it's unfortunate. I know, you know, they're building things and, and you know, prices go up and that's the thing. I just, it's, it's something that every kid should get to do. Um, yes. and, and, and I, and I, and I'm, I know I'm fortunate that we're able to do that for our child and, and, and be able to go regularly. And that's something that we don't take for granted because it's so, it's such a fun experience and it's something, it's, it's, it's a magical place. It is. And it's, it sounds cliche to say it, but it's true. I mean, kids go there and they just, they're in a different world and they love that world and they and they're happy in that world. So anything that makes kids happy like that and, and puts them in a place where they're happy, I'm all for it. Yeah. And and like Disney is so good at, at providing that. And then it's fun for adults, too, if you yeah. look for it. Um, Absolutely. So like like my favorite ride is Space Mountain. My kids can't go on Space Mountain. So I haven't been in a couple of years. But this time now that we've got the grandparents in tow, I'll be able to go on Space Mountain. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um and then they've got the uh, the Seven Doors roller coaster, which is a new one, I think, just in the last two years. And that's a really good roller coaster, as even like for an adult. And uh, that's that's becoming. I'll have to go on Space Mountain again because I haven't gone in so long. But Seven Dwarfs Mine Train might be one of my new favorites. Yeah, I have to do that one. I haven't done that one actually. I always that's one. It's funny because you're with my little one. I always forget we actually took him on the uh on the goofy roller coaster i don't know if goofy you've been roller on that coaster one. is really good too yeah it's really really good and we took him on because he was he was because he's my my little guy's littler than normal so mm -hmm. but he was able to get on that one we were all excited oh we're like it's gonna be fun he's like oh it's a roller coaster i'm not sure so we got on it i thought it was fantastic we got we got off the ride my little one looks at me and goes don't ever do that again <laughs> don't ever put me on that again i'm like okay i understood he's yeah. like he, he didn't scream or cry i mean he was a trooper about it but he's like yeah we're not doing that again <laughs> he made yeah, that very no, clear <laughs> my daughters both love any kind of ride um but the goofy roller coaster is the only one that they'll do with me because i can't go basically anything that spins i can't do i get motion sickness right. um so my my older daughter emily she her favorite ride is uh the dumbo ride and she went on the first time we went she went on the dumbo ride seven times i want to say wow 
So I'm just sitting there like watching it and like, I don't care because she's got the biggest smile on her face the whole time. So I don't mind yep. just like staying off to the side watching, but I'm like, well, I want to go on a ride with her. And she eventually agreed to do the goofy roller coaster with me. And, and she loved that too, which was great. And then the last time we went, she was big enough to go on the seven dwarfs mine train with us. And, uh, she did one ride with me and then one ride with my wife while the other one watched, um, our younger daughter. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's fun. Um, did you say your uh, favorite ride? My oh, Magic Kingdom, that's a tough one because I think uh, there's a lot of good stuff there. That's a lot of good stuff. I mean, look, I I just said Goofy Roller Coaster. That that was one of my favorite rides, and I just ran on that one. Um, it's tough. I, I my least favorite is It's a Small World. I know that we weren't going <laughs> to. Yeah. Thank yeah. Good, thank. Let me tell you, I can't even thank my lucky stars enough that my son has no desire to go on that thing. I can't even. I dodged that bullet. And I'm so happy because I we cannot. We go on that probably two or three times because the line's never long. Like the line moves really good, and True. like it's it's fine. Like if you can block the the song out, it's fine. I can't though. I can't. I know yeah. the thing is I I can you know what it is I can block it out for about halfway through the ride. Like I'm yeah. like when I first get I'm like all right I'm sitting down. It's probably cool in here when it's hot outside, so it's nice. I can rest. So I try to be positive, and then about about halfway through I'm like I I can't I can't you. I got to get out of this ride. So I got halfway through it, I'm good, and then the other half, I'm just like, get me out of here. My kids talk a lot, so that helps. They're, they're oh talking, yeah. Oh, oh, what's that over there? Do you see that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So that that's always very helpful. And I even like Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, Pir- oh, I haven't gone on Pirates of the Caribbean in a really long time because we hmm. went. Uh, I went with my family, um, like before I was married. I was 18, 19 years old, and we went. And Pirates of the Caribbean was closed that time because they were. That was when they were updating it to include kind of some of the stuff from the movies. Right. Um, so this was, I don't know, 15 years ago almost. And uh, so we, I missed out on it that time. So I haven't been on Pirates of the Caribbean in probably 20 years, and I I want to go on that again. But we don't think our girls can handle it because of like the cannonballs and stuff, like all that. When you say that, yep. Right? Yeah, my grandmother took me when I was still living in New York. She took me to to Orlando when I was five, and that's the first time I ever went to Magic Kingdom and loved it. But I'll never forget it. I was yeah, I was never I was always afraid of loud noises, so I didn't love fireworks. I wasn't yeah, loud noises really scared me. So literally, I'm going through the Pirates of the Caribbean. Exactly what you said. The ride was fine, so I started sitting on the seat, and then when I got to the cannons part, literally at the end of the ride, I was under the seat. <laughs> <laughs> my poor grandmother's trying to pull me out. I said, all right, it's time to get off the ride. I'm like, I'm not getting out of here. These this noises are crazy. So I, that was my first experience on it. But, yeah, definitely it's loud, Um, and I remember. So, yeah, if your girl's afraid of that, that probably wouldn't like that. Yeah. Um, I think we have passes to go on at this time because we, we have enough people to kind of watch the girls if we want to switch off. There you um, go. And uh, my, my tip for Magic Kingdom was uh, for the Festival of Fantasy Parade, which is a great parade um, as far as parades go. If you like parades, definitely stop for this one because it, it is fun to see everyone dancing and they sing all the songs and it's it's really great um the, it said the best place to to find your spot for the festival of fantasy parade is actually towards the entrance of magic kingdom underneath the train station um there it's kind of a shaded area there and you can also it's it's where the parade ends so you'll be like the last people to see everything but you can see it coming for a really long time and you kind of get it, there's a circle that they do at right at the end, right near the entrance of the of the Magic Kingdom, so you kind of get to see everything twice. Uh, so that's that was the best tip I could find is is get under that train station, get some shade, and uh, sit and watch the parade from there because it is a really fun parade to watch, except for the time the uh, dragon's head caught on fire a couple months ago. 
Oh, I saw that video. Yeah, yeah that's, that was uh, pretty crazy. That was like a month after we went. Like it was really close to when we went the last time. Yeah, no, that was crazy because I, I had heard the story, and then when I came home, I think I heard it on the radio, and then on the way home, when I got home, I saw the video. I was like, because I'm thinking, oh, it probably wasn't that bad. I mean, you know, things happen. And then I saw the video. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> that thing <laughs> that was bad. Fire. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> So beware of that. But other than that, the parade's really great to watch uh, if you enjoy sitting in one place and watching people dance by you. Yeah, that's the thing I think um, for us when we look at any of those various parades is, is finding those spots. And I wish I could give you a spot right off the top of my head. But again, this is my wife's department. Um, yeah. <laughs> she, she'll she'll drag me and the little one over to the spot where we always go. Um, it's usually strategically. So, you know, one because the two things is you got to sit and wait. So wherever you're, mm-hmm. you're going to be at, you want one to be kind of comfortable where you if you have to sit down, stand up, sit down where it's not uncomfortable. And two, have a good vantage point when the parade starts. So, yeah, that's definitely um, I would encourage people to get there early, find a good spot where they think they're going to be good and then just wait it out because uh, yeah. normally those parades are worth the wait. Yeah. And uh, the the first time we went, it was funny. Um, we we found a spot and we happened to be next to a who seemed to be I, I can't confirm, but it seemed to be a cast member who was there on her day off because she was like all of the characters were coming over to her and like shaking her hand and like saying hi to her. So oh, we wow. were, and she was like singing either she's there every weekend in that same spot or she's a cast member that everyone already knew. Um, because she was like singing along with it. She was like narrating. She was like, okay, this person's coming next. And then this person, and like my daughter's asking, oh, when are Anna and Elsa coming? When's this person coming? She's like, oh, they'll be after that. And that, so she like knew everything ahead of time. So like we kind of had a, a, uh, insider access to the information of the parade as it was coming. And we were still front row center for it. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. She got a little annoying at some parts though. Cause she would kind of like try and overshadow what was going on by, with her knowledge. But eh, you live with that. <laughs> exactly. Um, you got anything else on Magic Kingdom? No, that's it. I mean, I think it's, um, you know, and I think that's why you saved it for last, uh, rightfully so. It's, it's, it's still the best park of all the four. Um, I do think that um, Hollywood Studios, for me, actually has become my second favorite park. Yeah, um, and it's I, getting better and better each it's time. It's getting too. better and better. And I, and, I, and I never used to say that. It, it would be, you know almost an afterthought but i think they've obviously with with, with the acquisition of, of of marvel and of star wars they've and and then the integration of toy story now they've you know they finally utilized it to its maximum potential um and i think it's just going to get better yeah i'm completely excited about the i mean my wife and i are already talking about staying at the at the star wars hotel when it gets built and 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 doing all of that uh, my wife became a late star wars fan she never cared about star wars but now she loves stories with continuing things, so she's she's all in on Star Wars, which I never thought she would be. Uh, but she's actually. I can't get uh, my uh, wife in. I'm trying to brainwash my kids, though. They they've yeah. seen the original trilogy. They like Luke Skywalker and Leia. I wait until next year. We're gonna do the prequels next year, and then the sequel trilogy the year after. Uh, I'm a little afraid because my you know my two year old she's seen the original trilogy, but she was less than two when she saw it. So her right. first like real. Uh, experience might be the prequel trilogy so i might i might have to do a special rewatch of the original trilogy with her first before we go into the prequels because uh that can't be your first yeah no absolutely not star wars world yeah i I agree with you you can't you can't you can't can't do that to your kid no no you gotta (laughs) we have all these uh little toy lightsabers and they love playing lightsabers and we've got like these foam blocks that they build lightsabers out of and go around and you know fight the bad guys so they're getting there i'm trying not to push too hard 
because yeah, if I push I too that. hard, then they'll they'll bounce back. But I think um, they haven't been we haven't been to Disney World since they've seen it, so it'll be interesting to see if they kind of enjoy looking at the Star Wars stuff with me this time. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's that's Disney World. That's... Yeah, no, good times. Yeah, it's a good it's a good place, and and like I said, I hope anybody that can you know even if they can only come once. Like I said, I know being in Florida, we're fortunate that we get to yeah. get to do it frequently. Uh, but it's definitely worth a trip for your kids, especially if they're into that stuff. And 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 I encourage everyone to go. It's yeah, it's definitely it's a lot of money, but it's once you get there and you experience it, you find out that it was worth the money. If if like that's going to be what you do with your kids, it's yeah. and and it's important. I don't know, that's important, but it it's a great experience for kids of pretty much any age. Um, they you can find something to do and to enjoy there. Yeah, I agree. And no, I think I think they've definitely. Um, going back to the Epcot part, I think they, I think Disney has realized, and I think we're, we're lucky in this kind of time frame that we're in, because I think we're in the middle of a rebirth of Disney to add new things. So I think um, mm-hmm. with a park that big, a lot of times change comes slowly. But yeah. I've, as you've seen in the last three to four years, and going into the next four to five years, it's accelerated, you know, to the nth degree. So that's just only great for for people that you know, having been before and people like us that go all, you know, frequently that we're really going to see in the next few years, literally every time we go, there's going to be new things there, which is exciting. Right. And, and I think with the Toy Story world, I have a feeling that it's the start of a Pixar world. Like, I think they're just going to keep building on it with other Pixar properties. You can have Incredibles there. You can have Finding Nemo, Monsters, Inc., Cars, you know, there's, there's so much to do with just inside the Pixar framework. Um, that they can keep expanding that, I, and I hope they do. And I, I kind of have a feeling that that's what they're gonna try to do. All right, I would hope yeah, I would think do. so. Yeah, especially with the you know we'll, we'll pick we'll look especially with the huge, phenomenal success of Incredibles two, um, mm-hmm. and then most of the Pixar movies. Yeah, I think that that would just completely make sense. I mean that that's a whole other brand in itself. Again, like you said, like with Star Wars and and stuff that, that I would they think can independently in, do. Incredibles would probably be the next one to build out into because, like you said, they kind of got momentum behind that right now. And there's so much you can do within the superhero framework, and they don't have full control of everything Marvel yet. So they can't build out this Marvel world yet because the licensing is still kind of shared between all these different companies. Um, So I I think they would want to hold off on something like that until they can do it right. But you can start building out, like, if you want to do something superhero-related, use the Incredibles, you can do a whole Cars park where everything's car-related. You know, there's so much to do within Pixar. Yeah, no, definitely. They have, they have, they have endless potential there with those movies. All right. Well, thank you, Frank, for joining me and talking about Disney World. I hope your trip in the next couple of weeks goes well, um, and I'm looking forward to my trip. Uh, do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you one more time? Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks for having me on. It was great to talk Disney World, and yeah, have a great trip yourself. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to Toy Story Land and everything else we're going to see. Um, again, my podcast is Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bend Your Ear Pod. That's also the handle on Instagram. Uh, the show's available on Google Play uh, or Google Podcast, excuse me, because Google Play is a little bit shaky now. With Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Castbox. Awesome. Hey, this is an ad about something. Audible, to be exact. Audible is a great way to catch up on all your favorite stories while on the go. Audible includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers. I've been using Audible for years on my daily commute to catch up on some of my favorite fantasy stories, including Harry Potter, The Once and Future King, and A Song of Ice and Fire, narrated by the Guinness World Record holder Roy Dotrice. 
Uh, I also love getting Audible's recommendations. Just recently, Audible recommended that I read Armada and Ready Player One by Ernest Klein and spectacularly narrated by Will Wheaton. I listened to both of these stories and loved them both because the narration by Will Wheaton just made the stories even more enjoyable and immersive than if I would have read them on my own. So if you love books, I've got some great news for you. Right now, for my listeners, you can get any audiobook you want from Audible for free when you sign up for your free trial of Audible using audibletrial.com slash a podcast about something. Again, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash a podcast about something. Thanks for listening. And now it's time for the two-minute two minute episode. episode. But first, listen to this promo from one of my fellow podcasters. Hi, this is Dustin. And Brianna. We're a couple who love all things Disney. We decided to sit down twice a month to discuss and analyze a variety of Disney films and topics with a grown-up's perspective and an adult sense of humor. Dishing Disney will give film reviews with the memories of a child filtered through an adult frame of mind. We've noticed some things about our beloved Disney movies that we didn't pick up on as kids, and now we want to talk about them. Plus, we'll do a bonus Top 5 episode every month where we make our ultimate lineups regarding the topic of the day. So wish upon a star, give a little whistle, and be a part of our world as we explore the wonderful world of Disney together. This is Dishing Disney. Today we've got a very special two-minute ISO. My daughter Emily will be joining me. Um, she's four now. She hasn't uh, been on the show for a while, so uh, we're taking a trip to Disney World soon, so I wanted to have her on to get her thoughts on the upcoming trip. Hi, Emily. How are you tonight? Hi, I'm good. Um, happy Neighbors Day. <laughs> happy Neighbors Day? Were you playing Daniel Tiger? Yes. Oh, and they were celebrating Neighbors Day? That's pretty cool. And um, she talked about Mickey's house? Yes, we're talking about Mickey's house because on this episode it was all about Mickey's house. Can you believe that? I talked to somebody no. else about Mickey's house? No. Okay, Emily. So now we've switched microphones because yeah. you think it's funny to listen to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's your favorite part of Mickey's house? Um, Doc McStuffins. Doc McStuffins? Yeah. When we meet her? Yeah. And watch that show? Yeah. Do you like, who else do you like to meet? Um, I wish they had Lammy and Hallie. Yeah, they don't have all those Doc McStuffins people, but you like meeting the princesses, right? Yeah. Which one's your favorite princess to meet? All of them. What about Fairy Godmother? Yes. Yeah. Um, but she does the show at the beginning, right? Yes. What does she do? That is true. What does she do? Well, she plays her magic wand, and, and she says, Bippity-boppity-boo. Bippity-boppity, and then what happens? Fireworks. Fireworks. Come yeah, it's cool, huh? Yeah. That The first time we went, that was your favorite part. Yeah. And then we got to meet Fairy Godmother. Yeah. Um, And then, what's your favorite ride? Um, All of them. It's not Dumbo? You like the spinny ones, don't you? Yeah! I can't go on the spinny ones. No! 
<laughs> um, which one do you like going on with Dada? All of them. Which ones did we go on together? Do you remember? The Doofy Ride, but that was a little, like, like spinning a little. It spun a little. The Goofy Roller Coaster spins that we went on the Seven Dwarfs Roller Coaster, too. Yeah. And we like going on It's a Small World together, don't yeah. we? On the seven dwarfs, yeah. It was the witch who gives the apple. Oh, okay. And you closed your eyes. Yeah, you didn't yeah. see her. And then we saw Olaf, right? Yeah. And we rode on that frozen ride. And did Anna lie to us and tell us that Marshmallow yeah. wasn't mean? Yeah. And then he was mean. He spit water on us, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think Cam likes best? Um, I think she I think she um um this like the I think well I liked it like when she was like I think she liked it the when when we went it I think she liked it when we went on the the um like the Snow White. Ride. She didn't get to go on the Snow White ride. No, um, she went on the teacups. She yeah, really liked that. Yeah. This, she didn't really like meeting the people like you did, though, did she? This, I wasn't gonna say that, but um, the um, I think she liked the the like spinning down night the dean enough the bungee and mm -hmm. um when we were on the the um on the on the snow white mm. roller toaster. Oh okay, yeah yeah I got which yeah. you know what she also liked in Animal Kingdom or the Lion King world as we call it? She liked that big playground with all the bones uh, and the sandbox. That we discovered this time. We didn't know about the sandbox the first time, did we? And she was, whenever you would meet people, she would kind of sit in front of the people while you would yeah. go over and hug them and yeah. talk to them. Yeah, like, she's in our picture. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, what are you looking forward to? We're going to Mickey's house in a couple weeks. What are you looking yeah. forward to most? You want to meet them? Okay. Um, anything and else? What about, um, are we doing anything special, uh, like for lunches or dinners, do you remember? Yeah. Meeting Belle and the other special thing. Is we did you know Chef Mickey? Yeah, Chef Mickey. We did that the first time, didn't we? It was so much yeah. fun. They're all there and they're dressed like chefs. All yeah. Mickey and Goofy and yeah. Donald and Minnie. Yeah, but... Minnie's like this and a chef hat or mm -hmm. an apron. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then, yeah. um, do you know what else we get to do because we're going around Christmas time? No. Didn't Mama tell you? No. We're going to a cool Christmas party with all the people? Yeah, I thought Mama told you that. Oh. <laughs> I guess I did for that. Well, that'll be a fun surprise then when we get there. 
Um, anything else you want to talk about Mickey's house um, before we go? Sure. Okay. Like, um, know how, like, Poppy and Branch isn't there? Nope, they're not there. They're from a different show. Yep. Well, they're kind of, like, from, like, Mickey's house? Well, they're cartoons, but they're not. See, there's different types of movies. Yeah. There's Disney movies, which yeah. all the Disney movies, they're at Mickey's house. And yeah. then there's other movies. Um, Poppy is a DreamWorks movie, so they yeah. don't get to go to Mickey's house. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. is true. But um, know how I rated that list mm -hmm. and Vampirina is there? Yep, I um, said so Vampirina's there. <laughs> we don't like um, Vampirina. Let me talk. Oh, sorry. Uh, and, um, and, um, I want to meet Vampirina. You want to meet Vampirina? Okay, that could be fun. I think that she's for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Only for Christmas. I Maybe. Think, I think she's going to go home to her dad and mama. Mm, once, in Transylvania? Uh, yeah. So, um, after Christmas. You know what else they're going to have this time? The Toy Story World. That'll be fun. We haven't been to that yet. No! <laughs> um, I want to go there. We're going to go soon! Yay! All right. You got anything else to say to the listeners? Uh, maybe, like, maybe, like, well, one thing's for sure. Um, are there Power Rangers? No there? Power Rangers at Mickey's Okay, that's good because... I don't like Power No, there is Star Wars, though, at Mickey's house. Yeah. We yeah. kind of like Star Wars, right? Yeah. You like Luke Skywalker and yeah. Leia? That's right. Like, I like that toy. Yeah, you like toy. that Luke Skywalker but, toy I have. Yeah. I, this, well, well, I kind of just, like, say hi, sweetie, or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all I do, because I Get that out of there. Get that out of there. That's in the glass, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you got your own Luke Skywalker. That's what I see with Edie. <laughs> you got your own Luke Skywalker and Leia. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, say bye, listeners. Thank you for listening. Wait. Okay. I have oh, some sorry. more yeah. things Oh, yeah. Sure. Say. Go ahead. So, well, um, is Luke Skywalker there? I haven't seen him actually there before. But maybe, you never know. There's yeah. pictures of him. Yeah. We'll have to see. Mm -hmm. I maybe. don't think you had watched Star Wars before the last time we went. Yeah, maybe like, maybe like, maybe a lot. We can find the same toy, like, uh, and the Toy Story. Maybe. Maybe yeah, we can look. And then, then we can like. Like, share all our Luke Skywalkers. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because, yeah. like, if we find him at, at the Toy Story, I mean, the, 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 like, where is it a toddler then? At the Star Wars, at the Toy Store? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we might find him so we can share. Yep, that would be That's good. That's all I have to say okay. today, so. Okay, say thank, thank you. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for listening, class. Thank you to Emily for joining me on this two-minute ISO today. Uh, we are very excited for our trip to uh, Disney World coming up soon. 
Um, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. Um, you can send us feedback through email at a podcast about something at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at APA something, and, uh, you can support us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash podcast about something. And, uh, if you don't want to do like the monthly recurring donation, we will always accept donations through PayPal. Um, you can just PayPal a podcast about something at gmail.com. It does cost money to run a podcast. And, um, so any, Thing that you can give to help support and keep us going would be great the music for a podcast about something as always is provided by those cats thank you for listening stay classy